is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Today is the, or would be, the 106th birthday of Milton Friedman, born in 1912. Probably one of the greatest thinkers and certainly had great influence on a number of Republicans and conservatives in in this country. Um, Quite the libertarian, quite the free trader, the capitalist wrote extensively, taught extensively, and one of his great, I guess, character traits was how plainly and easily he could describe liberty. I mean, capitalism is about liberty, after all. Socialism is about tyranny. One of my favorite quotes of Milton Friedman's is as follows. Fair is in the eye of the beholder. Free is the verdict of the market. The word free is used three times in the Declaration of Independence and once in the First Amendment to the Constitution along with freedom. The word fair is not used in either of our founding documents. Fair. Free trade, fair trade. And he also has pointed out at the bottom of many criticisms of the market economy is really a lack of belief in freedom itself. And he's right. And he's right. There's a battle of sorts going on now between uh, the Koch brothers and Donald Trump. The Koch brothers collectively are worth somewhere around 70 to 80 billion dollars. Donald Trump is worth something between 5 and 9 billion dollars. The Kochs employ over 120,000 people, more than half of whom work in the United States. Extremely productive individuals that help feed tens of thousands of families. And their impact on our economy is enormous. Enormous. The Kochs are libertarians. David Koch ran for vice president as a libertarian. I believe it was 1980. Donald Trump is a relatively new Republican. The Kochs support free trade. Donald Trump is a protectionist whether it's for negotiation purposes or otherwise. That's been pretty much his position over the years. The Kochs support open borders and broad amnesty when it comes to immigration. Donald Trump supports securing our border and bringing order to immigration. The Kochs are very much isolationists when it comes to foreign policy. 
uh, and they are very much opposed to uh, increased spending on defense. Trump, although early on, sounded like an isolationist. He's no isolationist. And he has tried to significantly increase spending on defense. The Kochs are concerned about the massive debt and the size of government. Donald Trump is concerned about the massive debt and the size of government, and nobody does a damn thing about it. And so the Kochs announced, through Charles Koch, their 82-year-old patriarch, that, um, well, they may back some Democrats or not back some Republicans if they agree more than not with a certain Democrat or disagree more than not with a certain Republican. Donald Trump has entered a number of primaries supporting candidates who support his agenda. So now they're at loggerheads. Now they're both at the point of the spear. This was, in my view, just a matter of time in the making here. This issue of immigration, trade, defense, these are key issues. And I would argue that Trump is right two out of three, and the Cokes are wrong two out of three. Way back when, we had libertarians and... uh, Conservatives, but what's interesting to me is that neither the Kochs nor Donald Trump are traditional conservatives. Uh, the Kochs are not Reagan conservatives, they're more libertarian. Donald Trump is not a Reagan conservative, although he's the closest to a Reagan conservative we've had. The Bushes weren't. And so on the issue of trade, on the issue of trade, I believe Donald Trump is wrong. On the issue of immigration, I believe the Kochs are wrong. The issue of defense, I believe the Kochs are wrong. I'll tell you one area they agree, so-called criminal justice reform, and I disagree with both because it's not reform. It's a prison break. Letting people out of prison who have been convicted or pled is not reform. To say that there is a systemic problem in our justice system, while there are problems, is just dead wrong. Unless you think the judges are in on it and the prosecutors are in on it and the defense counsel's in on it and everybody's in on it, and they're not. You have certain instances of injustices and so forth. And the fact is we have imperfect institutions, but we have great institutions, more perfect than most. And as I watch and listen and analyze this Trump versus Koch kind of battle, I was watching our favorite cable channel last night. I don't always watch it. I read a lot. I'm writing. And there was one host who resorted to Bernie Sanders' platitudes. That the Kochs are globalists. I thought to myself, the ignorance about this word 
globalist or globalism is absolutely amazing to me. When it comes to American sovereignty, when it comes to our Constitution, when it comes to the institutions that our Constitution set up, you do not export you do not export representative government to the UN or other international institutions in order to lord over us. In other words, globalism has nothing to do nothing to do with the denunciation of capitalism. Capitalism is a global economic system. Capitalism is a global economic system. Without it, we would be a destitute country. Globalism in the sense of national sovereignty and governance is antithetical to our constitutional system. In other words, we don't rely on the UN for our governance or other international organizations uh, when it comes to so-called climate change and so forth. That's why we ought not enter into such arrangements. We must rule ourselves in order to be free. We must rule ourselves in order to be free, our own sovereignty, our own constitution, our own governmental institutions. Otherwise, we have no real representation, and we have no way of conveying our views to our representatives, since they're not our representatives in these global or international institutions. But when it comes to economics, of course we support international trade. Of course we want to purchase things from overseas, including material. It would be crazy not to. And I was listening to this person go on and on and on. Sounded like, well, sounded like Bernie Sanders. So part of the problem here is the, the, the confusion over terms. Uh, people lining up on political positions rather than economic positions, people who are easily jettisoning their previously held views. And in general, they sound like ignoramuses to me. Absolute ignoramuses to me. In any event, we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We have a problem there? Okay, we'll get it unfrozen if you can. Okay, great. Uh, that's our uh, equipment. So I'm sorry about that, folks. Um, you know, my wife was a general counsel of Freedom Partners for I think it was two years. She's a hell of a lawyer. And uh, was treated wonderfully. And there's wonderful folks that work for Freedom Partners. And they do many, many wonderful things. But still, I'm a big fan of Donald Trump, doing many, many wonderful things. But you know, in this life, you only have one, you know. And you've got to stick by your belief systems and your values and your principles, as she did, as I do. We both do. I think it's getting harder and harder to persuade even some of you folks of the benefits of liberty. 
Friedman's point about this word fair. It's a word that children use all the time. It's a word that the left use all the time in order to attack liberty. Liberty. And so everybody has excuses. You know, that other guy, uh, he pays uh, lower wages. You know, the other guy won't give me access to this. You know, the other guy that, the other guy this. That's been going on since the beginning of mankind. The goal is not to parrot the other guy. The goal is for us to live in liberty, to have opportunity, to have choice, to create wealth. If they choose not to, or they choose not to participate in it with us, that's their problem. That's their problem. So, then the Wall Street Journal editorial page today is absolutely trashing the hell out of the president. Donald Trump, who they never supported. Trashes the hell out of Donald Trump. Because Trump is saying that, look, if I have to shut down the government, I will. I have said that I want that southern border secured. Now, presidents have said that they would secure the southern border for the last 40 years. Democrats first blocked them, and now Democrats and Republicans block them. We have people who run for the Senate, people who run for the House, who say they're going to do something about it, and they get to Washington. They are absolute bald-faced liars. Now, the Wall Street Journal claims to care about the size of government, claims to care about the debt and government spending. The only tool that a president has to address spending is the veto. That's it. The government's been shut down approximately 20 times since the Budget Act of 1974. We've gone over that in great detail in the past. We're still here. People still get their checks. Military still funded. But that's the only tool the president has. It wasn't that long ago when he was presented with an outrageous budget with the Republicans and the Democrats together. Massively increased spending, massively increased borrowing, massively increased the debt. That is a direct assault on your children and grandchildren and generations yet born. The president was persuaded to sign it by the Secretary of Defense, Mattis, because there was increased defense spending. You remember what we said here. Don't sign it. Veto it. Go ahead and shut down the government. You'll eventually get what you want. A couple of weeks of pain, but we have to do this. But the president signed it, and what we hear is he regretted it. And he should have regretted it. Because now, budget experts are estimating that we're soon going to start getting trillion-dollar annual deficits. When Barack Obama became president of the United States, the cumulative fiscal operating debt was slightly over $10 trillion. It is today over $21 trillion. And I'm not even counting unfunded liabilities, which take it to $230 trillion. So the president has tried to claw back some of the spending. McConnell has said, no, well, we're not doing that. The president now wants to use some of this uh, leverage he has to veto whatever they come up with to get the border secured. And the Wall Street Journal has gone insane. And I'll tell you why. Because the Wall Street Journal editorial board, run by a guy by the name of Paul Gigo, 
has forever supported open borders. When GIGO's predecessor, Bartley, Bob Bartley, was the editorial page chief, they even wrote an editorial in the 1980s trashing Ronald Reagan's amnesty, saying it didn't go far enough, urging an amendment to the Constitution that said simply this, thou shall have open borders. Five words. That was in their editorial. This is where the Cokes are coming from, by the way. This is where the Democrats are coming from, by the way. They want open borders. And effectively, but for the efforts of the Border Patrol, but for the efforts of ICE, effectively, we have an open border. If you're caught, you're caught. But for millions of people, you're not caught. Absolute lawlessness. So the Wall Street Journal is blasting the president of the United States on its editorial page. It's a scathing editorial. So what if the government shuts down for a day or two or a week or a month? How many times have I said, do you enjoy the weekend? Well, the government shut down over the weekend. Do you enjoy your long holidays, your federal holidays? The government shut down on the federal holidays. You like Christmas? Government's closed. You like Thanksgiving? Government's closed. Labor Day? Government's closed. Martin Luther King's birthday? Government's closed. President's Day? Government's closed over and over and over again. Meanwhile, essential employees are always on the job. So what's the problem? Social Security checks go out. Medicare checks go out. Medicaid checks go out. The military's funded. What's the problem? I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. We're going to talk a little bit down the road on the uh, Manafort trial, what's taken place, and why, as a legal matter, it has absolutely nothing to do with the president or his campaign. And it is remarkable that a special counsel is involved in this case and didn't hand it off to the U.S. attorney in the Eastern District of Virginia. And how uh, Robert Mueller, when he was director of the FBI, apparently missed all this. We'll get into some of that. As well as a number of other issues that are on the table. LeBron James. I don't want to spend all day on LeBron James, but this is the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. LeBron James is a big lefty. And he's a big lefty, even though he's, what, a billionaire at this point? Uh, because uh, I believe it's for social reasons. And, of course, CNN's out there interviewing. They're having a blast. But first, Dave, Norfolk, Nebraska, XM Satellite. Go. Hello, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Long-time listener, my first call. Um, 
Mark, if I'm not mistaken, it's the, in the Declaration of Independence, and it's Independence Day on July 4th, and our Constitution was written to develop an independent government, independent of all other countries in this world. Oh, really? What section says that? What, what does that even mean? Well, the point I'm getting at here is how do you maintain an independent country without having an independent economy? Oh, good Lord. You are a regular listener to this program, you said? I do, I do, and this is one of the things that I disagree with. It's you not a matter of disagreeing. You're economically illiterate. How do you I'm have not. an independent—pay attention, I'm educating you. How do you have an independent country— but have economic activity with other countries? Is, is that what you just said? No, I said, how do, you have an ind- how do you have an independent government without an independent economy? Well, what does an independent economy mean? All right, so if you, if you read, and I know, you've, I know you've read Adam Smith. I know you know what comparative advantage is. I know, I know you know that stuff. I know Adam you- Smith was a big free trader. He was the first one to use liberty in the context of economics. So you, did you read Wealth of Nations, sir? Yes, I did, and then and he, and he pushed. And you walked idea. away with that. You walked away from that with the conclusion that Adam Smith would say only trade within your own borders. No, I did. He he walked. He I walked away with him saying you need comparative comparative advantages. If I think it's an advantage, not the country, not the government. If I personally think it's an advantage to purchase something from overseas as opposed to something here, uh, and. That's a, a right that I have as an individual. That's what Adam Smith said. Comparative a- advantage when they talked about it was one country, if it produces socks the cheapest, the nation produce all its socks. And if this country over here produces... No, that's not correct. Somebody may want a different quality of sock. Somebody may want a sock that's created out of a different material. Somebody may, uh, certainly back then, but even now, somebody may want the convenience of shopping at a retail store so you can return your socks. There's a thousand... Uh, aspects to making a decision about buying something. When they talk, you're not listening to a damn thing I'm saying, are you? I am too listening to you. I'm well, then go ahead. You're, you're you're like halfway into your sentence before I even finish mine. Go ahead. All right. If if we don't have independence, if, if our economy- sir, we do have independence. I can buy from whomever I want, whether it's here, whether it's in Japan. Whether it's in Germany, independence flows to the individual, not to the government. Our government is set up to limit government, to have a government in this country that undergirds the principles of the Declaration of Independence, which says nothing, nothing about trade. It talks about the liberty of the individual. Mark? In fact, the Commerce Clause, are you familiar with that? I am familiar with Well, why is the Commerce Clause in there? Do you know the history of the Commerce Clause? And what I do, because they were trading tobacco back and forth in different states. Race, Not just parts. different states. They were having problems internationally. The French, the Germans, the, the, uh, the Brits were killing us economically. And so it was not only fights between states. It was fights because they wanted international trade. And what has been the result of 200 years of free trade within... Really? What's been the result? First of all, we haven't had free trade for 200 years. This is why I know you're intellectually dishonest. We haven't had free trade for 200 years. We have 12,000 tariffs in place. That's number one. Number two, even with that, the result has been the greatest economic juggernaut mankind has ever seen, ever. The largest middle class the world has ever seen. 
the greatest mobility between so-called economic classes of any country on the face of the earth. That's been the answer over 200 years. You can get up at midnight and go into a store and buy virtually anything you want. Live better than kings and queens have ever lived. You see, in order to embrace your position or the populist nationalist position, you have to constantly put down our country while pretending to support it. You have to constantly put down capitalism while pretending to support it. You have to constantly put down private property rights and private decisions while pretending to support it. I know what personal property rights are. I've been involved in plenty of that business. So have I, sir. So is everybody listening. You're not unique. That's what America is all about. But you don't understand why America is unique. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. You don't trust, you don't trust liberty. We, in order to be an independent nation, we have to have an independent economy. I don't even know what that means. Mark, do you know that... All right, thanks know- for your call. It's... Uh, Next, Gary, Indianapolis, Indiana, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate your worldview. Um, when you were talking about Milton Friedman and capitalism, I just It's wanted... actually my liberty view, but go ahead. All right. Uh, I just wanted to talk about capitalism as it appears in America today. I think that slowly I'm all for capitalism, freewheeling capitalism, free markets, greatest economic... Well, we don't have freewheeling capitalism in this country. You may not be aware right. of Right, and I think that's the problem. I think we've got a situation where the representative government that we have has slipped away from representing the people and is more representing the people who are their benefactors, corporate interests. Really? All you have to do is look at the policy. I mean, the policies that come out of Washington, are they things that we, the people, really wanted... When it comes to- well, apparently so. I just saw a uh, survey that um, that uh, almost two-thirds of the American people now like Obamacare. Right, right. And so what right. we've done is we've, is we've slowly kind of morphed away from that. Let me, ask you, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question. Let's be very honest with each other. You support Social Security? I do. You support Medicare? I do. You support Medicaid? I do. Those are, the biggest, those, those are the biggest expenses in the federal government, by far. Not even close, by far. Those are the biggest expenses in the federal government. The, the problem I Let me go on. And I'm not against it, I'm just saying. Are any of those programs in the Constitution? No. Those co- programs came about, two of them, one of them came about out of the New Deal, two of them came about out of the Great Society. You support the New Deal? I support those programs that I pay into, that I will benefit from. I didn't ask you if you pay into. I said, do you support those programs? Yes. Do you support the Great Society? I would say yes. Medicare and Medicaid pass within months of each other. Right. And you're a constitutional conservative. I am. Who supports capitalism. I do. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. My problem that I see happening, which gives rise to this whole notion of socialism, it gives rise to people like Bernie Sanders and that... Now, what gives rise to people like Bernie Sanders is communism. Right, but what what gives rise to them is some of the problems that have evolved in our form of capitalism here in the U.S., things like the gigantic wage disparity that we see sometimes, you know, things like uh, wage... What does that mean, the gigantic... Wage. Well, I mean, this guy claims to be a conservative. What, what is the gigantic wage disparity? What does that mean? 
Well, that means when a guy like Jeff Bezos is worth a hundred. All right, let me let me try it for the audience. That means the guy next door maybe he earns a billion bucks, and maybe the guy next door to him earns a hundred thousand bucks. That's a massive income disparity, correct? Correct. But and what, how does that affect me? What we need to look at is why. No, no, no. Listen to me. How does that affect me? If the guy down the street earning a billion bucks creating 5,000 jobs, creating products that I go down to the corner store and buy, why do I care what he earns? How does that affect me and my family? Well, it only affects you and your family is if they run afoul of... of no, 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 sir, you're, you're, you're spinning. How does that affect... That run afoul? I didn't say anybody broke any rules or law. It's all legitimate. That's called capitalism. You said you're a capitalist. We're never going to earn anything close to each other. Somebody may invent something that's spectacular. Somebody may inherit money that their father or mother uh, pass on to them. You would control that. And I'm asking you, why does that matter to me? It doesn't affect me if the guy down the street's worth a billion dollars or a hundred thousand or a hundred and twenty-five thousand. What affects me is what affects me. What I bring to the table. Correct. But what affects you is how laws are made. And how corporations are governed and how corporations are regulated. The point I was trying to make was the, Hello? the, the people that are running the show get to kind of I make said, the what, what people are running the show? Who are they? The, Name them. The, okay, let, okay, let me just ask you this question. No, 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 no. Who are the people running the show? People who run the corporations. And who are they? Who, they must be incredibly powerful if they're running the show. Oh, yeah, they are incredibly powerful. Well, who are they? They have tons of lobbyists. I said, who are they? Name what them. You want, you want, well, I'm, do, I, <laughs> do I need to list names of... Yeah, of, because uh, you don't know what the, you're talking about. Which okay, corporation is running the show? Which one? Which, Name the corporation. Somebody, they must be incredibly powerful. Is it ExxonMobil? Is it Halliburton? Is it, uh, is, it, uh, uh, is it is it is it Microsoft? Which corporations are quote unquote running the show? Anybody who has a lobbyist who has. All right. Uh, thanks for your call. There you go. What's happening tonight is I'm not just letting these uh, these curveballs go by. I'm taking a swing at them. I'm taking a swing at them. And what's concerning me and those of you who've been with me all these years is the extent to which liberty is actually being rejected by people who claim to support it that individualism the right to make decisions on your own including mistakes including to fail before you succeed is being rejected by more and more people that big centralized government is being embraced by more and more people who pretend that they're not embracing it. We talk about these so-called democratic socialists out there and rightly condemn them, criticize them, unravel their arguments. But what I've decided to do this hour is to unravel our arguments. That is, at our core, do we really believe in individualism and liberty and commerce and trade and private property rights? I'm thinking more and more people simply do not. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
last week about how the air pollution in national parks is as bad as the top 20 major cities in the U.S. Must be that wild animal flatulence, you know. Now, I'm sure the left is going to blame this on Trump's press conference in Helsinki. The reason, apparently, is because these parks are downwind of air pollution sources like agriculture, industry, major highways, and urban areas. So basically, there's nowhere to run except inside. And we now know that indoor air quality is often worse than air outside. This is why I go to filterby.com and keep a fresh set of filters in my home central air system and at the office. Filterby is America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. With over 600 sizes that ship for free within 24 hours, Plus, they're manufactured right here in the United States. I recommend you set up auto delivery like we have so you don't forget a regularly switch up and you can regularly switch up your filters like we do. It comes on a schedule. And plus, by the way, they knock 5% off the order when you do that. Save time, save money, breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com, and tell them Mark sent you. Mike! Brick, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Mark, I want to thank you. Two things. First and foremost, for reminding me, today happens to be my 57th birthday. Wow. You reminded, you, you reminded me that a hero of ours was born today, and that made my entire day. Do you think, Mike, that Milton Friedman today, with, this, with the, the kind of mentality that I'm hearing over and over again, would be, uh, would be as popular? Well, he'd be popular with me because I tell you, the, the one thing I get from him and I got from you every, every day, I love listening to you, is individuality. You teach, mm-hmm. you teach these people. I wish they'd listen to you more. Stop relying on not just government but others. Make it about yourself. That last guy that was talking to how he was, I don't know, he was, he was telling us how, how he's a true uh, uh Help me conservative, with it. <laughs> capitalist, conservative. Yeah, capitalist. Yeah. I'm, I'm listening to him. You're not a capitalist. And and then the next guy. It's all. Stop worrying about the other guy. Worry about yourselves. Wage it's, disparity. It's, Wage disparity. Can't. What what does that mean? You, here's the deal. You cannot have freedom and egalitarianism. You can't have both. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. And why does it matter to me if the guy next door is earning more or less than I am? What matters to me is what I'm earning for my family. Touche. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I, I'm I'm very concerned. I really am. And Mike, I want to thank you for your call, buddy. I appreciate it very, very much. But check this one out, Carlos, El Paso, Texas. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks. I'm uh, just calling to state my point that I'm a. a Obama supporter for health care. I believe everybody has a right to have health care, at least in no, the they, No, they don't. No, they don't. Why does everybody have a right to health care? Well, because, first of all, I guess a lot of people don't seem to understand, and they don't understand numbers. And this well, world, why don't you educate us, because we don't understand. Well, there's so many uh, management... Tell me, jobs, sir, when you don't... say everybody has a right to health care, does that mean you have a right to tell a doctor to give you health care? Does that mean you have a right to tell a pharmacy to give you prescription drugs? Sure. Does that mean you have a right to tell a nurse to take care of you? Does that mean you have a right to tell a hospital to give you a bed? What are you talking about? Yes, I do. Well, I'm talking about because, like you people who are in the upper... Don't give me you people anything, pal. We're Americans. 
I don't need lectures about you people. I asked you very simple, logical questions, and you can't answer them, can you? Well, I'm going to get to that point. Well, then get to it. Well, the top 1% that earns all this money, they're willing to go out to a nice restaurant. Forget about the top 1%. Pay attention to yourself. You're going to live life worried about the top 1%? Well, that's what I'm saying. What what are you saying? You don't make any sense. The doctors aren't the top 1%. The nurses aren't the top 1%. The people that change the bedpans, they aren't the top 1%. The guy and gal that mopped the floor, the janitor at the hospital, they're not the top 1%. When you ruin an economic system or a health care system, you ruin it for everybody. Start with your Marxist claptrap. You're an American. And I asked you a question, sir, when you say you have a right to health care. What else do you have a right to? We're sort of social. What do you do, sir? Well, what do you do? I, I do uh, international shipping for a moving company. Okay, a then I have a right company. to international shipping from a movie company. Period. I'm sorry. No, you're not. You heard exactly what I said. No, I, I didn't hear what you said. I have a right to take a chunk out of your business. I have a right if I want to ship something, maybe to put food on my family's plate. To make some money, I have a right to international shipping. We have people who do, who come in and do seasonal jobs. They don't pal, have- pal, pal, you really need to educate yourself because uh, this top one percent stuff. You're going to be at the uh, low end of the ladder, I guess. That's where you are for the rest of your life because of your mentality. You have a loser mentality. The top one percent don't matter. You matter. Grow up. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I think this is an important discussion, as frustrating as it can be you can tell, I've been taking callers who disagree with me. And I'm just starting to wonder if there's enough of us who really believe in liberty and individualism and free will and capitalism. I think there's a lot of forces arrayed against us. We now have so many people who are subsidized by the federal government. We have so many people who want to be subsidized by the federal government. And that's what tariffs are, by the way. We have indoctrination that's taking place in our universities and colleges, away from liberty and capitalism toward the opposite. And there's a general lack of knowledge and education about our principles. And you're not getting a lot of it on conservative talk radio. What you're getting a lot of, although you get some, there's some excellent hosts, that's not my point. But as a rule, you're getting uh, people who read websites and just go through the news, the purported news, or people who are incapable of discussing these issues. We're seeing that on television, too. And so they're just not discussed, and they're not debated. And you have people who are afraid maybe they'll lose ratings, they'll lose some of their listeners, some of their viewers, 
They won't get the hits. Matter of fact, look at some of these new conservative websites and some of the weird stuff that's on them. And that weird stuff is on there because they want people to click onto those links to drive up their equivalent of ratings in order to charge higher advertising fees. That's okay. That's capitalism. But what I'm saying is a lot of this stuff that Milton Friedman would talk about or that Adam Smith wrote about and so forth is now missing from the culture. People are reading less. Uh, The culture is becoming more and more um, distant from our founding principles. And so you have people who are saying they're conservatives, even though that's really, in some respects, an imprecise word, but the conservative, but then when you really peel back their positions, they're not. Either they uh, have conspiracy theories that there's a couple of corporations controlling the the country or uh, or, uh, are... Governing independence uh, and our economic independence depends on trade simply with and among Americans. It's crazy. Absolutely outrageous. I think, and I've talked about this with you and I've written about it, I think progressivism has clearly conquered the Democrat Party, but it's conquering the Republican Party. It's conquering the Republican Party. And then you had an Obama supporter calling up to say health care is a right. I don't even know what that means. Health care is a right. Why? Because Bernie Sanders says so? How can health care be a right when other human beings are involved and they would have to be enslaved to provide that right? They have choices too, don't they? They have choices too. You have the right to purchase health care. You have the right not to be denied health care if you pay for it. But you don't have the right to health care. That's that's and yet that phrase is extremely appealing to most Americans. Wage disparities. Well, of course there's wage disparities. You're free. It's called capitalism. Of course there's wage disparities. Well, the gap's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Among whom? The more illegal immigrants and even legal immigrants you let into the country, the poorer they are, so you get a bigger and bigger wage gap. But what does that have to do with anything? It doesn't affect my life or your life. The issue is what's your wage? What's your income? What do you do with your money? Not the guy next door. That's his problem. That's his private right. So now we talk like Marxists. Well, the top 1%. The top 1% coming out of the mouth of an American, top one, the bottom 10, the this way, who cares? People live better in this country than anywhere else on the face of the planet. Now, how do I know that? Not purely because of statistics, although that would be good enough, but because people are literally dying to get into this country. By the millions, hundreds of millions would pour over our border into so-called racist America with the top 1% and the corporations control this. People who claim to be conservatives sound like leftists. 
And many of them live like leftists. I said the conservative intellectual movement is mostly dead in this country. It mostly is. It mostly is. A handful are left who are willing to take the time and make the effort to make the case for liberty. Now, I wasn't going to do this this hour, but let's engage again. This is just too important not to. Let's go to Jim, Boca Raton, Florida, XM Satellite. Go ahead. Hey, Mark. Um, you know, I just want to let you know, um, you know, how Trump's affecting my business. I have uh, 14 employees. Uh, we install security cameras, and in the last four months, the cost of steel and aluminum have skyrocketed. So uh, piping, screws, uh, fasteners, everything that's made of metal of aluminum has gone up dramatically. Uh, for the first time in eight years, I'm having to put 20-day limits on proposals to customers because I don't know what's coming. Uh, we use a lot of products from China. Uh, we don't. In the next month, we may have a 10% across-the-board tariff. I don't see how this helps. I have 14 employees that are Americans that love the country, and we're getting punished. Uh, customers are going to have to pay more for systems. And ultimately- I'll, t- I'll tell you why, and I'll tell you bluntly. Because you're not a big union, uh, you're not a big company, and uh, you're not, uh, at least uh, a, a small company like yours, considered much of a, uh, a, a political factor. And yet, this is exactly what I've talked about over the years and what others have talked about. When you take guys like you and businesses like yours and multiply them by 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, that's what's going on in this country. But you don't have a single voice. You don't have some guy, a representative, who can go to the White House like the, other, like the others do. They do. You don't, because you're a small businessman. And the consequences of protectionism, of this sort anyway, are very, very destructive to the nation as a whole and very destructive to specific businesses. Those that are not protected pay a price. And one day it may affect the auto industry, and then you will see an uproar. Then you well, will see an uproar. I think uh, you're talking about this uh, populism and nationalism affecting the Republican Party. I, I came to that conclusion in the uh, primary when uh, Republicans voted for Donald Trump over Ted Cruz. And uh, I haven't changed my mind since. I've seen the party not conservative anymore. Um, well, now, I, I won't go with you all the way there. I would say that there's a lot of things Trump is doing that is quite conservative. With judges like what, and regulations the bu- the and tax out of control. Well, I agree. Listen, <laughs> there's very few hosts that get on behind the microphone here and say the things that I say. They're constantly bobbing and weaving and positioning themselves uh, uh, in order to uh, to attract as many uh, uh, listeners as they possibly can. I think the content. Uh, of a host, the principles of the host is what is overriding, and people over time can trust the host, that the host isn't playing them and isn't playing cheerleader. Um, I want the president to succeed. There are people trying to sabotage him, people trying to destroy him, and on many fronts, he has been absolutely fabulous. He really has. On the courts, on regulations, uh, the tax cuts on the corporate side were important and significant. He's trying to secure the border. Spending is out of control. 
And this protectionism is out of control. All right, my friend, I appreciate it. But if we had Hillary Clinton, it would all be out of control. And that, of course, is the point, isn't it? But let's keep going. I'm not really talking about Trump or any named politician per se. I'm talking about ideas. And the impact on our lives. Josh Rogers, Arkansas, the great KFAY. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Mark. Love listening to you. Love your show on Sunny Night on Fox. We don't, we always DVR it just in case we miss it, uh, but we Thank never you. miss an episode. Um, I did want to speak on the uh, democratic socialism uh, affecting both parties, but I first want to address Carlos a few callers back. It frustrates me when I hear people just regurgitating the Democratic talking points about the top 1% and health care is just a right. I mean, that is the victim mentality that they have bought and they, and they have continued to be enslaved by that victim mentality. And it, no, exactly. And, uh, and, and, it is, and, it is, and it is a part of human nature that Marx was able to tap into and others, the propagandists and the demagogues, which is jealousy and uh, free stuff, that you have a right to free stuff. When you say you have a right to free stuff, that means somebody else is forced to provide it, forced to make it, forced to sell it, forced to, do, forced to, uh, to, to accommodate you. And so that's why I said, what do you mean you have a right to free health care? You have a right to a free doctor? Well, what about the doctor? You have a right to a free nurse? Well, what about the nurse? You have a fri- right to a free hospital bed? Well, what about the hospital? This stuff, I mean, I mean, what you're going to get is uh, Venezuela, no toilet paper, no medicine, no food, no nothing. Anyway, go ahead. And, and in fact, in Italy, they just come out and said that they are uh, splinting broken arms and limbs with cardboard because of their one-payer system and their great, awesome universal health care because they don't have the supplies. Right. But enough of that. A democratic yeah. socialism, I don't understand how it really has affected both parties. I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat. You see the signs from, uh, from, from people in Congress and in the Senate. And I don't know, understand why Sarah Smith out of Washington, Democratic Socialist, trying to ride on Alexandria Cortez, Cortez's his, um, you know, uh, uh, shirt sleeve, trying to see if she can ride that wave as well. You know, the, the, the saying w- once was, if you're not liberal at 25, you don't have a heart. And if you're not conservative at 35, you don't have a brain. Um, and that actually changed in 1923 by King Oscar II that actually replaced that with socialism and said, if a man's not a socialist but before he's 25, he has no heart. And if he remains a socialist after 25, he has no head. That, I, I, that is exactly right. I don't understand what they get free, 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 but how are they going to pay for it? And They don't they, intend to pay for it. They expect you and I to pay for it. That's correct. Because we're actually, we love this country and we actually love Trump. And the thing is, when I first saw Trump was going to run, I thought the same thing everybody else. So it's just for political ratings or whatever. But he has done more for this country than most of all the other presidents combined. Well, I wouldn't say that. There have been some great presidents, too. He's doing doing what he feels he needs to do. In many respects, most respects, I support it. Obviously, when it comes to protectionism, I don't. (laughs) All right, Josh. Great call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
people are trying desperately to get into our call line. Uh, we want to talk about freedom and individualism and capitalism. So that's good, right? Let's go to Ian, Belgrade, Mon- uh, Montana, on the great KMMS. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Awesome. Well, I was just okay. talking to a fellow who answered the phone and I called in, and I just turned 23 years old and am in the process of starting my own custom automobile detailing business, actually. And I just wanted to say that I think what President Trump is doing for the country is fantastic, and it's really given me a belief that there's still plenty of opportunity in this country to become an individual business owner and be successful on your right, own. Let me, let me ask you some questions before we run out of time. So your mindset is, I want to start this business, I love this, and I want to make it successful. Do you care what the guy down the street is earning? Not particularly. Do you care if they're in the top 1%? No, sir. Um, you're focused on what you can do and what you want to do and what you want to accomplish, correct? Yes, sir. And you pretty much want to be left alone so you can actually use your noggin and use your skills to do yes, what you sir. want to do, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, because you're an American entrepreneur, and that's what makes this country great. Not sitting there saying, do you, do you, do you say to yourself, I have a right to health care, I have a right to this, I have a right to that? No, sir. No. And that's why you're going to be a successful, not just young man, but older man, and you're going to make a lot of money, and you're going to be very, very uh, satisfied with what you've done with your life. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's what this country's all about. The government is supposed to be uh, a small part of your life. Instead, it's ubiquitous. And there are people out there who want freebies. And there are people out there who are getting freebies and believe they deserve more. And they hear the Marxist rhetoric coming from the left and some rhinos, which is, look at that guy. Look at all he has. Take it. Yes, no. sir. All right, Ian. Thank you for your call. Wonderful. Don, Longwood, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Hi, Mark. How are you doing? <clears throat> okay. Um, I love the discussion today. I mean, because the, the target people that you're going after need to know this because they don't. Uh, I look at all the regulations that we have out there, and people like Ian, who just who you just talked to, how many different permits is he going to have to have to open up his business? And yep. the problem is that doesn't hurt big big business is going to donate to whoever is in power. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter matter to it. I mean, you, you look at the banks. I mean, I look at that Dodd-Frank bill as the big bank. Nah, we lost the gentleman. I'm sorry, Don, but I was intrigued with some of the things you were saying there. Kurt, St. George, Utah, Sirius Satellite. We have one minute. Go right ahead. Mark, thank you for taking my call. You hey, bet. let me just start off real quick by saying, you know, to all these uh, – all these people who want like a, a, a living income and free health care. I happen to have a living income and I happen to have free health care. But what I had to do to get that was sign my name on a dotted line and go to war. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. I happened to get wounded, and now I have a living income. It's called disability compensation. And Mm -hmm. I also have the VA TRICARE uh, for life. And, you know, for those who want this socialized medicine, you don't want what I have. It sucks because they tell me what I get. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for your service, Kurt, and God bless you. And I wish you all the best. I'll be right back. On the straight and narrow path, you have a guide. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. million Americans are reading in Primus for free every month. Are you one of them? It's the very best and largest digest of conservative thought, and it's published by Hillsdale College. You can receive it for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You've heard me talk about this for years. Many of you have signed up, but many of you haven't. It's free, and Primus is always outstanding, always free. Part of Hillsdale's efforts to teach all Americans how to pursue truth and defend liberty. I think it's one of the most important publications in the country, and I read it every month. We look forward to it showing up in our mailbox. This month's edition is particularly powerful, as you know. features the vice president and his message to Hillsdale's graduating class. It's a message that will teach all of us, that will challenge us, that will improve us. You really need to read it. Start reading in Primus and learn how to defend freedom, starting with the current issue. Vice President Pence will help ground you in the teachings and traditions that are our greatest inheritance as Americans, the same teachings and traditions that are the surest foundation of our boundless American future. Visit levinforhillsdale.com to get your free subscription of Primus right away. Right away. No strings attached. That's levinforhillsdale.com. If you like my show, you're going to love and Primus. That's L-E-V-I-N, levinforhillsdale.com. All right. We'll do this for a little bit longer. It's just that people, we have overwhelming uh, reaction to our discussion here. And so uh, we'll do this a little bit longer. I wasn't planning on doing it into the second hour, and then we'll move on in the third hour. We've got a lot to do, a lot to talk about here. That's That's really quite important. Okay, uh, let us go to Sandy, Queens, New York, the great WABC. Go ahead. Oh, yes, Mr. Lynn, how are you? Okay. Um, I'm just calling with regard to the people I'm talking to, and um, they're all for this new progressivism, and uh, what they're interested in is paying the 90% of their taxes to pay for this stuff. So I'm not know. following. They're They're what? They're willing to pay like 90% of their taxes. Hold on, hold on. You have friends who are willing to pay 90% of their taxes for stuff? Is that what you just said? Yes, they're willing. Well, I don't believe they are. Well, everyone will get I, I, I don't. I don't believe they are because they know that's not going to happen. Well, I think that what they're thinking, because, you know, they're listening to Bernie and Cortez, and every, everybody will be paid for across the board. So everyone will be on the same playing field. No, everybody Uh, won't be on the same playing field. There is not a communist or so-called socialist government on the face of the earth where everybody's on the same playing field. Unless, of course, they're all starving to death and the top uh, uh, generals and uh, and politicians and all are uh, 
using the military to protect themselves against the people. But I know of no such society. None. Well, this is what they're saying. No, can't do it with Okay, then why are they so stupid when they can look around the world and see that that's an impossibility? Right. Well, my thoughts to them are, who's going to run this 90% money of yours? You know, who's going to end up being in corrupt hands? I mean, look at Bernie. My, my, my personal advice is to, to get some smarter friends, seriously. First of all, they're not going to pay 90%. They would never agree to pay 90%. They'd have nothing left. You're paying 90% in federal taxes, and what are you going to do? And you're in New York, you're going to pay the rest of the state? If you live in New York City, you pay whatever's left over from that to the city, that means you have nothing. And if they want to live in such a society, the world is speckled with them. They should go to those societies and live there rather than destroy this one. This is what frustrates me to no end. We live in a country because we were born here. We are blessed to be here. Other people have come here. They are blessed to be here. This is a society like the world has never seen before. Mankind has never established anything like it. And yet tyranny, whatever you want to call it, communism, fascism, feudalism, it doesn't matter. These tyrannies have been the, uh, the, the rule, the rule throughout human history. What we have is an enormous exception here. And I'm really sick and tired of people abusing our constitutional system, abusing our electoral system, abusing our court system in order to advance another form of tyranny, to throw away what we're so blessed to have in this country. Thank you for your call. Let's continue. Kevin, Valdosta, Georgia, Sirius Satellite, how are you? Oh, I made it to the F. Lee Levin show. Wow, you're you a long time listening. How are you? Oh, I heard you first on Rush. I'm doing fine, Mark. How are yes, you sir. doing today? Very well, thank you. I'm my first time getting through. I'm like, you're going to pass out or something. But, uh, you know, you were talking about how we have people who aren't comfortable with liberty, who scared of liberty, you know, don't. They, 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 they keep saying they're about liberty, but, you know, they get kind of queasy about it when they're pushed to it. Uh, I, you know, it's the Constitution, right, Mark? I, I, you are so educational. I mean, I love you to death. But you. you can't be part about the Constitution, right? That, that's the problem that we have with our politicians and with everybody out here is they say they're about the Constitution. We believe in the constitution they're all fired up but there's always that one thing that they like that the government does right mm -hmm. that's not in the constitution and that's okay i, I told this mr call screener the constitution is just like pregnancy you can't be a little bit pregnant right mm -hmm. you're either about the entire constitution you know if you don't and if you don't like it there's a process to change it right you wrote a book well, and, I, it. and i love these people that talk about we don't agree with democratic socialism but look at the wage grant but uh, we don't have fair trade. But we don't have this. But we don't have that. So they want the government, which they claim to distrust. They want the bureaucrats, who they don't know and claim to distrust. They want the politicians in Congress, who they claim to distrust, to control their lives. I've never seen anything like it. Well, Mark, you, Mark that, that another that you were talking about, the democratic socialism, you know, it'll be democratic socialism until they vote for socialism, right? And then it'll just be socialism. No, there you're right. There won't be any more voting for it. That's right. And, and the proof is any of these so-called democrats, they use democratic socialism because that's how they explain socialism in Europe, you know. You get to vote uh, for your tyranny. But even though if you get to vote for your tyranny, it's still tyranny. You still aren't living exactly. a free life. You're still told what kind of health care you can have, what kind of 
the name of the dentist you can go to, and on and on and on and on. That's not freedom. That's tyranny. Kevin, great call. I'm glad you got through, brother. Take care of yourself. Mike, Minneapolis, Minnesota, XM Satellite. Go. Mr. Levin, an honor to speak with you. Long-time listener, first-time caller, first time getting through anyway. Thank you, sir. I'm a uh, 33-year-old factory worker. Uh, you had a call earlier uh, that uh, you asked him to describe, to uh, name some of the corporations that control everything, and I'd like to name them. They are the EPA, the DOJ, the Department of Education, the Department of Energy, mm-hmm. and all the rest of this fourth branch of government that is essentially gr- just grasping at more and more power. You're so and right. I cannot understand when people say that they do not trust uh, private corporations, these big, big corporations, Amazon, Facebook, Google, who have to deal not only with regulation but with competition, whereas you have the government, the biggest corporation of them all, the federal government, that has no limits, no competition, and what they say goes into law. And they have the power power to force you to do things. What does Amazon have the power to force me to do? Nothing. Exactly. And that what does Google? Free. What does Google have the power to force me to do? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. And they don't take my choices away. They don't say you will get health care over here or over here. They have no impact on immigration, on open borders and so forth and so on. We have so many people chasing shiny objects to take attention away, as you talk about. You want to talk about these big companies running America, and I get your point, even though they're not companies. These big departments and agencies, they're running our lives. They're telling everybody what to do. And yet, have you been listening to the show, Mike? Have you been listening to some of our earlier callers? Yes, I have. It's, it's, it's almost scary. So, I mean, some are great, but like you were saying, the, uh, a lot of conservatism is talking about uh, this populist, almost border-leaning left stuff, and that, that does frighten me. Now, you say you're a factory worker. What do you do? I am a uh, paint line operator in a, uh, in a factory that makes uh, steel home exterior products. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you're going to have some tough times if we don't get these steel tires removed at some point. I'll tell we, you that. Uh, all our steel and aluminum is actually from the U.S., and we've already seen drastic price hikes recently, which I told all my coworkers. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. We get all our stuff from the U.S. I said, just wait. I told them about Smoot-Hawley. I told them how, what an economic impact it has, that, they're gonna, that other countries are going to fire back with tariffs on us, and now we've got to raise our prices. So now our consumers have to pay more because we have to pay more for our stuff that's coming from the United States. And the reason is these poor American steel companies and workers who are being ripped off and ripped off and ripped off, they're taking advantage, these companies, of these tariffs to increase their prices, as you would expect. Uh, They're just not going to increase them 25%. So they'll increase them 10%, 11%, 15%, whatever they're going to do, because now they have a protected market. And we're told this makes America great again. No, it doesn't. It's very destructive. Mike, yes, uh, I really appreciate your call. You remind me a little bit of Eric Hoffer. Do you know who Eric Hoffer is? Uh, no, sir, I don't. He was a, uh, a longshoreman, uh, immigrant from Russia originally as a, as a very young, young kid. Uh, he was a longshoreman, but he was a philosopher. And during his lunch breaks, uh, he would have a notebook, one of those old, uh, uh, what, what would they call them? Whatever they are. And, uh, and he would 
take notes and he write his thoughts down and so forth. And he wrote an entire, they put it together and published an entire book. He's considered the longshoreman philosopher. And uh, absolutely brilliant, brilliant man. And you sound that way to me, Mike, too. So God bless you, my friend. Take care of yourself. He's not in the 1%. He could care less about the 1%. Who cares about the 1%? Look at this, a wage gap. Just take care of yourself. Ken, Tifton, Georgia, the great WGAC. Go. Yes, sir. Good afternoon. Um, I was in Fairfax County Public School System. In Virginia. Yes, sir. I think at a time that you were very close, right around the corner. In fact, uh, I was there in a private school uh, the day Reagan was shot. And then went to um, Fairfax County Public School System. And embarrassingly and admittedly, I'm part of the problem uh, because I don't feel like I was nearly as properly educated then as I have been in my last two years of listening to you and other talk radio shows. Well, thank you. I saw better education out of uh, teenagers in Ukraine, out in the villages, than I found in the high school in Northern Virginia. I'll tell you what, Ken. Much of what I know today, I taught myself. I just read. A lot of reading, but reading skills. We have to teach kids to pick up books. Yep. No, you're quite right. Read every day and hopefully get some better direction from... Our, our education system. I, I love it to, to hear that uh, Hillsdale had, you know, a, a high school program somewhere. Well, Hillsdale can only do so much as a private college, but they do. It's called Imprimus. If you can get Imprimus and get it once a month and share it with your kids, that's a big deal. Or you can go online. They have uh, all kinds of courses there for people. Uh, Levin, uh, what the hell is it? Levin at Hillsdale.com. Um so uh, you can check that out. I mean, it's it's all there, free, for anybody who wants to use it. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. why we call this Radio Free America. That's why we say the smartest audience in radio is right here. People who listen to this program, even though in much of the country it airs from 6 to 9 p.m. live, Eastern Time, dinner time, sporting events, all kinds of distractions, and yet you're here. And this program started out in New York City on WABC. There are people in New York City and in the metropolitan area of New York who want liberty, capitalism, limited government. But they're surrounded by people who don't. And we went from WABC and we picked up other stations. Dallas-Fort Worth, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Chicago, Illinois, Detroit, Michigan, You can name them. We're in Houston. Philadelphia, a great new affiliate there. Virtually every major city. Portland, Seattle. I started, I probably shouldn't have started this. Los Angeles, of course. San Francisco, San Jose, San Diego. 
When I'm in an airplane, I often look at the map at the back. You ever look at the map at the back, Mr. Producer, the country with all the cities and so forth? And I'll take a pen and start circling the major metropolitan areas, the mid-sized towns, and the small towns where this program is heard. Then I realize I've undercounted because you can hear this program also on satellite radio. And you can hear this program by simply downloading it on a podcast. There's a reason why there are millions and millions and millions of people who listen to this program. In a time slot that was never successful from a nationally syndicated broadcast perspective. Ever. That's because there are millions and millions of Americans who still believe in the founding principles. Who are independent. Who want our country back. Who believe in capitalism but have to hear about democratic socialism. That's you. You're magnificent people. My audience. Absolutely magnificent. Sunspots, brown spots, discoloration, and even red inflamed patches. All gone with the brand new Genesel sunspot corrector. Here's Ella Brown from Rockford, Illinois. She wrote, I both age and acne spots, and this stuff is actually fading both of them. This serum is worth every penny. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Genesel sunspot corrector is here, and it's yours free just for trying Genesel today. A must-have for your summer. Finally see those stubborn sunspots vanish. Those bags and puffiness, gone. And for results in less than 12 hours, the Genesel immediate effects is also yours for free. Light, clean, and effective natural skin care that gives you amazing results and healthier, softer skin day after day. No one does it better than Chamonix. Go to Genesel.com, better yet, Call our toll-free line, 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, and be your own judge. You'll see the magic of Chamonix, where you get 100% of your money back, guaranteed. 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com, 800-SKIN-604, Genesel.com. All right, let us quickly go to Lou, Columbus, Ohio, on the Mark Levin app. Go! Hi, Mark. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank I wanted you. to talk about these people that keep preaching about the one, per, the top 1% because it's a never-ending game. Let's say we take all the money from the top 1%. Well, that void quickly fills up with the new top 1%. I mean, mathematically, there's always going to be a top 1%. You can't get around it. So, again, people need to get over what other people are this, doing. This is a great point, Lou. It's a great. So you're saying, look, even if you're, 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 your currency is rice... There's always going to be some guy that has two bowls of rice and one guy has one bowl, right? Exactly. Yeah. Great call, Lou. I appreciate it. The music means we have to go. We have a full hour left, and I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Donald Trump. It's a remarkable man, really. Remarkable president. I want everyone to keep something in mind. Abraham Lincoln was a truly great man in a truly horrific period in our history, the Civil War. Not the mission, but the carnage. The carnage was just unbelievable. Over 700,000 casualties in a nation of 24, 25 million people. Abraham Lincoln was not a perfect man. You may not agree with all of his policies. Abraham Lincoln suspended habeas corpus for a period of time. Uh, when there was an uprising within the North in Maryland. And he suspended habeas corpus. He also locked up some so-called reporters. Uh, Some of these reporters today who say that Donald Trump is threatening free press, Donald Trump is not threatening the free press. The so-called free press is threatening the professionalism uh, and integrity of the free press, but Donald Trump isn't threatening anything. Lincoln had some reporters, publishers, thrown in prison, And he suspended habeas corpus, which was eventually reversed by the Supreme Court, but nonetheless. Does that mean Abraham Lincoln was a horrible president? Of course not. You look at the big picture. Ronald Reagan was one of our greatest presidents. No question about it. He defeated the Soviet Union. He won the Cold War. That's a big deal. Ronald Reagan signed an amnesty bill. 2.3 million illegal aliens became citizens. Now, of course, he had a deal with the Democrats in Congress, and they don't keep their deals, much like the North Koreans. And uh, uh, they were supposed to help secure the southern border, and they, they never funded it. But that said, it was a mistake, in my view. Does that mean Ronald Reagan was a terrible president? No. It doesn't. At all. Some of these Supreme Court justices that are appointed by Republican presidents. Ronald Reagan appointed, nominated, Scalia. One of the greatest justices in the history of this country. Frankly, in my view, if not the greatest. He also nominated Sandra Day O'Connor. And after three tries, finally, Anthony Kennedy. The Democrats in the Senate had blocked Bork, and they had blocked Ginsburg, our Ginsburg, both of whom would have been absolutely outstanding. Instead, we got Kennedy. After a couple of years, Kennedy lurched. Left. 
Sandra Day O'Connor did the same thing. She thought her role was as a peacemaker, as an arbitrator, uh, almost as a uh, PTA president or something. And anyway, they had no real judicial philosophy. Does that mean Ronald Reagan was a terrible president? No. He's one of the greatest presidents in the history of this country. And I could go through other examples. So when people say to me, both in private and on the radio, but you don't agree with Trump on trade. I say, no, I don't. Now, again, I make an exception for China because China is a mortal enemy as far as I'm concerned. But I don't agree with him on trade. But he has been an outstanding president. He's been fighting on immigration, trying to do the right thing. He has done more to reduce regulations than any president in my lifetime. The judiciary, he's been very earnest about getting constitutionalists on our court and on the other courts. His foreign policy has been exceptional, which is one of the reasons why they keep attacking him over that Helsinki press conference. He's been tough on Russia. He's being tough on China. He's been tough on Iran. He's been tough on the United on uh, rather North Korea. He's also trying to rebuild our military. He supported law enforcement after eight years of disaster under Obama. He's done other great things, and he's done other things I may not agree with. But I think when the day comes and he leaves office, whether it's after a first term, I hope not, or a second term, we're going to miss him. And I think the history books will be quite friendly to him, depending who writes them, of course. But it'll be an era in which the media uh, will look very, very bad in what they've done and have, how they've exposed themselves. And he's made some absolutely outstanding appointments. His Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, has been incredible. His national security advisor, John Bolton, has been, and I know him, and I've known him for decades, is incredible. His ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, who I've never met in my life, she is outstanding. And he's appointed some really top-notch ambassadors. And the best of the bunch is a gentleman by the name of David Freeman. America's ambassador to Israel. And he works with another tremendous ambassador from Israel to the United States, Netanyahu's pick, Ron Dermer, who was born in Miami, whose brother was the mayor of Miami and whose father was the mayor of Miami. I've gotten to know both of these men. Now, Friedman has been crucial in the recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and he's been crucial in the movement of the embassy to Jerusalem because the fear was, and it was legitimate, uh, that the bureaucracy would slow this down as long as they could, so if a new president came in, he would nix the deal. 
It is a matter of federal law that these things should have happened. It was passed in 1996, but there was a waiver provision. Every six months, the president could sign a waiver, and that's what they all did. They ran on making these moves, and then they would sign waivers. And look what the president did in the Iran deal. He may have prevented nuclear war by nixing that Iran deal. And one of the reports you're not getting on the, knee, on the news is Iran's economy is a disaster. Is a disaster. Because of what Trump did in the deal and the sanctions he has on Iran. But back to David Friedman. David Friedman visited a family where the son, the husband, the father, this individual, this Israeli, was murdered by a Palestinian terrorist in one of the Jewish settlements. I don't even like the word settlement. I mean, if, if, if your ancestors were in a particular place 3,500 years ago, you're not a settler. You're more than that. You're more than that. And so uh, he goes to visit the family. And the so-called foreign minister, I guess he's called, of the Palestinian Authority, or as I prefer to call it, the Palestinian Terrorist Authority, has condemned our ambassador. Now, if this doesn't show that these, uh, these phony governmental entities that are created both in uh, the Gaza Strip and in uh, Jerusalem and and, uh, parts there, uh, that these people are, these leaders, these so-called, whatever they call themselves, that they are terrorists, that they have no intention of making peace, then nothing else will. CNN didn't report on this. MSNBC didn't report on this. Nobody reports on this stuff. And then when the the terrorists provoke a fight and the Israelis defend themselves. We get the same story over and over and over again. That the Israelis have hit back too hard, that their children dying, this, that, and the other. I want you to think for a minute about our borders. We complain about Canada and trade. I suspect the Israelis wish they had that problem when it comes to their borders. We complain about Mexico and illegal immigration, and we should. It's absolutely a legitimate point. But what do you think the Israelis would prefer? Terrorists or people trying to get into their country? Most of them. Most of them trying to, uh, to get jobs and so forth. The media in our country, the free press, just as they lie about what takes place in America, just as they... They, they have an agenda to try and wipe out this president and his policies. They do the same with certain of our allies, and in particular Israel. And you watch the Democrat Party, and you watch the media, and they're basically the same. You can see the Democrat Party is increasingly anti-Semitic and increasingly anti-Israel. That's right, I said it, because it's true. It's true. And the more quote-unquote democratic socialist it becomes, like Sanders and the other kook, the more it's obvious. Because, you know, they have to defend the, uh, 
these people, you see, who are defenseless in America and defenseless in Israel and on and on and on. Because they're true revolutionaries, don't you know? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. These never-Trumpers have to explain themselves. They don't get to just sit on the sidelines and shoot spitballs. If they had had their way, they told us this was not a binary election, which is kind of odd since it is. Um, Hillary Clinton would be president of the United States. So if they didn't vote for Trump, when it came down to Trump as the nominee in the general election, and even in some cases they actually campaigned against him and or voted for Hillary Clinton, then they have some explaining to do. They can criticize Trump on trade. They can criticize Trump on some of these positions he's taken. And yet... It's quite odd because their own conduct, their own performance, their own actions would have resulted in Hillary Clinton being elected, uh, which would have been far worse from a conservative perspective and a constitutional perspective, whether it's the courts or regulations or immigration. And yes, trade. And you have some people who do not want to remind you that they didn't vote for Trump. You have some people who do not want to remind you that they opposed him in the general election. Now, they're free to do all those things, but they're not free to pretend that they didn't do that and pretend to rewrite history, and they have some splaining to do, and yet they never do. Um, let's see here. I want to do this now. Hold on one second. Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. There we are. Have you ever taken your car in for and oil change, and the mechanic finds something wrong, and surprise, you're hit with a repair bill that you didn't expect. Happens to us all the time, right? Well, when you have extended vehicle protection, like we do on our 2010 Camaro, and you have it from CarShield, you know, you could be out of, you uh, might think you're out of pocket, tens of thousands of dollars, or just thousands of dollars, but you won't be. That's there to protect you from unexpected surprises. Now, if your car breaks down after the manufacturer's warranty uh, expires, you could be out of pocket an enormous amount of money. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide you 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection like we do. Call CarShield, 800-CAR-6100, 800-CAR-6100. Mention code LEVIN or visit carshield.com, carshield.com. Use code LEVIN, that's L-E-V-I-N, and you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, or call 800-CAR-6100, mention LEVIN. A deductible may apply. All right. Let me sneak another caller in here that I just saw. One sec. Here we go. Roger, Fargo, North Dakota, the great WZFG, a soybean farmer. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. I'm actually in Berthold, North Dakota. It's up by Minot, just to get credit where it's due up there. All Um, right. No, I I was listening to you last week, you know, and 
these tariffs are a tough situation for farmers, but at the end of the day, we got ourselves into this mess when we got in, in bed with the federal government to have a farm program. And because of that farm program, we receive subsidies. Our soybeans get a 13% VAT tax going to China. And we have all these things, these programs that were intended to save the family farm, yet the numbers of family farms have dwindled ever since the introduction of these programs, and the program is having the exact opposite effect of what it was intended to. Mm-hmm. If you want to see the number of farms and everything increase, get rid of the fr- farm program and quit giving us welfare. Yeah, well, I wish your senators would do that. The senators I, from the uh, Farm Belt, uh, they're into all this welfare stuff and ethanol and all the rest of it. it it's honestly embarrassing, <coughs> Mark, and... It's like a caller earlier had said. He said, people will always say, oh, I'm for the Constitution, but farmers are some of the most conservative people you will find. But if you start talking farm bill and start taking away these safety nets and these programs, then, oh, no, we can't touch that. We can't touch that. Yeah, I don't. Has, uh, listen, I'm all for it, but then you can't have somebody who, automatically, who, who on their own suddenly says, okay, we're going to put tariffs in place. And then all of a sudden... You've invested your money in whatever whatever you're going to grow, and uh, you got to make those decisions long, uh, long in advance, far in advance, and then uh, the government creates these uh, unstable markets by by making these decisions of the kind that's been made with respect to uh, tariffs. And of course, if you're going to put tariffs in place on steel, then other countries are going to hit uh, different parts of America. That's the way it works. That's called a trade war. So I agree with you, but uh, there also needs to be some understanding that you can't just be throwing tariffs up that all of a sudden affects uh, businesses, farmers, and so forth that have to plan way in advance when they're, uh, well, you know this, when you're making decisions about what you're going to grow. All right, my friend. Appreciate your call. I don't even eat soybeans. I don't drink soy milk. I know that has nothing to do with that. Now, corn, that's another thing. I eat a lot of corn. I love it. And wheat. Oh, my goodness. Bread. Although I'm told I have to cut back on that. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. Now you see him on the five, Greg Gutfeld. You see him on the Greg Gutfeld Show. Greg Gutfeld, how are you, sir? Good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. You're all over the place. That's good. Your publisher, which is my publisher, is going to love you. Um, Yeah, yeah. I'm working hard today. Well, let me tell you, I do enjoy watching you, you know, as I prepare for my show. And I've actually found you... Well, to become even more compelling over the years. Does that make sense? Well, I, I think I'd like, uh, maybe I've just gotten a little older and I'm drinking less. Does that help? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always helped me. Now, the yeah. book is The Gutfeld Monologues, Classic Rants from the Five. But you not only have your monologues in here, you critique several of your monologues, correct? Yeah, because uh, I've got, believe it or not, I've gotten a few things wrong. And times have changed, and I mean, especially in this Trump era, so many of the things that I wrote about turned out to be incorrect. And I, I'm, and I feel like I have to be honest. If I'm doing an anthology, I can't just run this stuff and pretend 
or I, I could choose all the ones that were correct and leave out the ones I screwed up, but I didn't think that would be right. So I actually had, um, I had, I brought in the ones I was wrong about and I added commentary and, and how things have changed since then. So it's two now, books. You, you, you've been on, how long's the five been around? Seven years. It started, yeah, it had its seventh birthday, I think, last week. And your own show, how long has that been around? I think that's been three years. And, then and by the way, it rep- is a great show. I really enjoy it. It really it's a is a good fun. show. It's now, a lot of fun. seven years, that's a lot of monologues. How many monologues have you written? If you did 200, I would say 200 a year, at least 1,000, maybe four. So it used to be 1,000 and 1,400. Is it hard like to come that. up with something new every day? Yeah, it is. But I wake up every morning, and I let somebody, like, they, and a producer will send me, uh, like, an idea, idea, and I just start writing. And it's not that bad. As long as you have an idea, everything's great. And you don't even have to like the idea. As long as, you know, it, as long as there's a little bit of meat on that bone, I can do something with it. But uh, it's, it's, sometimes it's like, what do I do, you know? But with Trump, every day you have something. Every yeah, that's day. true. It's like, you know what I, you know what the Trump presidency like? It's like, a, you know, when you buy a roast chicken on Sunday and you can keep pick, you can keep picking at it all week. That's what it is. Or for me, it's like McDonald's and you can just keep eating the French fries. But anyway, <laughs> the Gutfeld Monologues, classic rants from the five. Do you enjoy doing the five? It seems I, like you do. I love it. It's homeroom, you know? Yeah. That's what it is for me. And it's weird because I t- it took me a long time to find something that is exactly like I was doing in high school, which was sitting there <laughs> and basically being a cut-up and teasing people and getting bored and getting annoyed. That's me in homeroom, and it's, I'm, you know, that's, you know, 40 years later, I'm doing exactly the same thing. That's crazy. And, you know, you can actually tell, or at least I think I can tell, who gets along with whom better than, you know, than the one or the other and who's annoying to whom, that sort of thing. <laughs> Yes. It's, you, some people, if you're perceptive, you can tell when, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, and Juan Williams. Yes. yes. You get along with Juan Williams. He seems like a nice guy, even though he's quite left-wing. Yeah, he's, he's a, he is a nice guy. He's very thoughtful. He's, um, but I always say that if you're going to have a Bond film, you need a Bond villain, you know, yeah. or it's going to be really boring. So Juan is kind of like, you got to have, you got to have it an arch nemesis or it's going to get really bored. Also, he, you know, he's, he's a, he's pretty aggressive and tough. So that mm-hmm. helps you kind of hone your arguments a little better. I mean, you can't, I got to be prepared. I have to be really prepared to go up against him, you know? Now, let me ask you this about your show and we'll get back yeah. to your book. Um, the big guy's name is Titus. Is that right? Tyrus. Tyrus. Tyrus? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I knew it was a Tyrus. He's really funny in his own way, if you really listen to what the gentleman has to say. He's, How did you find him? He's a natural comedian. He yeah. wrote to me. A lot of the people I've hired are people that have just have written to me out of the blue. And So everybody out there, write to Greg uh, Gutfeld. There's millions of them. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, yes. But that's how I hired you know, Andy Levy at Red Eye. And, yeah. and also I hired this other kid just a couple of months ago. And, and, and Tyrus emailed me. He was a professional wrestler. And he's he's in kind of an actor now. He's in a lot. He's in a few movies. But he said, "Hey, I watch your show. Uh, I think I could. I think I'd be a good guest." And I had him on. And he just, the first show, he just killed it. And then I and then when a, I had a co-host leave, and I thought, "Wow, that guy 
this would be a great addition, you know? Mm-hmm. And he certainly is. He's a natural comedian mm-hmm. and an actor, a pretty good actor, too. I see you have a special chair for him. He's so big. I know. We got the, uh, we got the Archie <laughs> Bunker chair. You know, he can recline. I mean, he brought, you know, when we brought that out, he actually cried. Really? We would, yes. He's, he's, good. he's a big softy. Yeah. Um, let's get back to your book, Monologues. Sure. Um, do you have a couple of favorite monologues, or is that asking too much, since you've written um, so many? There's one I did. I did a lot on terror, because during that period, there was so much stuff going on with ISIS, and, and everybody was... I, I hated the time during the Obama administration, because all they focused on was climate change, and there were times when he said that climate change trumped terror, and it just drove me nuts. So I did a lot of monologues on that, including something called Terror Week, which was, we have this thing called Shark Week. We should have Terror Week, where every day we focus on a different terrorist or a different group, because we're not. And uh, it, it seems like a long time ago, because it seems like we've, we've made so much progress with ISIS, but I know there's going to be a new you know, permutation of ISIS coming at some point. But I like that. I also love anything about Hollywood and pop culture. And I have a whole chapter on that. There's a lot of stuff on identity politics. It's weird. If you go through the book, you'll find all the things that kind of culminated in, in 2016. The first chapter is identity politics. Then there's law and order, which is all about how the police were portrayed in the media. Not just about the, you know, the police brutality, but how they made police brutality the, uh, the system and not the bug whenever you turned on CNN. And, uh, and a lot of this stuff, I think kind of came to fruition in 2016 people were were tired of hearing that cops were bad and our military was terrible and climate change is more important than terror and i think and and that you know everybody is an oppressor unless you're oppressed there was all this i think all of it kind of came to a head in the election my my theory well you know i think you self-identify as a libertarian and yet some of the positions you take including some you just mentioned here they're not typical libertarian positions in other words when it comes to terrorism and law enforcement and so forth is that right i would agree completely and i and i get into certain debates with libertarians i say that i i believe that freedom and security are not diametrically opposed that they're like siblings or they're like a married couple they're like hand in hand. In order to have freedom, you have to have security. In order to have security, you have to have freedom. And some of the some of the least secure places in the world are also the least free. If you look at like Somalia, you know, they, they, you, know they, you can do whatever you want there, but you'll also die there. So there is a, there is you know a relationship between security allowing you to do the things you want. So I I you know a lot of people think I'm, I have terror on the brain. A lot you know the same way. And I do believe that. Maybe I do. Maybe I think about it the way people think about climate change a little bit too much. So uh, I think that I think that's where my libertarian ends. Or maybe I'm such a libertarian that I want to protect it. I want it domed. Well, no, so you're I'm right. Pretty, you you, you yeah. want to protect the civil society, and without a civil society, it all goes to hell. Now, let me ask you exactly. this. Exactly. You travel. People recognize you. How do people treat you? Pretty well? Um. It's interesting about Fox, and maybe you know this too. If they don't like you, they don't know you. But if they like you, they love you. So I, it, I can pretty much glide through any place in town, and it, no one bothers me. But if they know who I am, it's like it's the greatest. And they're like, it's, you know why? Because with you and with Fox, 
it's about a relationship. It, it's not about a, it's not about a network. It's about, a, it's about, they think that they know you and they trust mm-hmm. you. It's a relate, like CNN is just a network, but Fox News is a relationship. That's a great and, way to put it. You know? And I, I hadn't I, thought I, of that. Well, it's weird. It's like, and you know this, that when people come up and they talk to you, they know you. They, they feel like they know you. And it's such an amazing thing. And then I, I always respond like I know them. I always feel like with a lot of the viewers, I'm like their kid in a way. And I'm not, I might be their age, but they see me as kind of a little brat. <laughs> well, I, I want to tell you something. And I want to tell you something on the air in front of my yeah. listeners. I've been tough on you in the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. I really enjoy watching you and listening to you more and more and more. I was wrong about you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate it. But I, I think that I have, I think the, probably one of the reasons why you were maybe harder on me in the past was because I think you also could sense when some of my decisions were more emotional than rational, I guess. And I think I've, I've had to adjust a lot of my perceptions since Trump especially to start think, separating words from deeds is like the most important that's the most important thing I think I've learned is that words aren't deeds and 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 to and to control my moods so that like a lot of times I would get angry yeah well you can teach I, me how to do that because I haven't figured that out yet <laughs> but it's funny that's I mean the thing is it's like that's when you get to, you get angry about something and you don't know why and that's I think you see that you might have seen that a lot on the five. And a lot of it was, per- maybe it's personality clashes and things mm-hmm. like that. But I've learned to step up, step back, step out. I think I'm less ideological than I have been in the past. I think that might help. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a litmus test anymore. I'm not much of a team sport person, I think. That could help. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. You're very unique. I find you very fascinating, very intelligent. The book is great. The gut fell monologues, classic rants from the five. It's more than that. He, he, he self-critiques uh, these past monologues. I want to encourage you folks to go out and get it. You're going to enjoy it a whole lot. Get it on Amazon.com. My social site's Mark Levin Facebook. Uh, what the hell is it? Mark Levin Show Facebook. Mark Levin Show Twitter. I got so many Mark Levin this, that, and the other. But <laughs> folks, go there. It's online. We'll link right to it. And I want to wish you the best of luck with this. Thank you, sir. That was, this was a pleasure, and uh, I'm a big fan, so this was Likewise. Great. All right. God Thanks. bless. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. I, I'll tell you what. It's a very good book. It really is. It's a lot of fun to read this book, and I want to strongly encourage you to get it, and you're going to like it, too. If you like The Five, if you like uh, Godfather, and I, I said exactly what I think. Those of you who listen to this program over the years, you know I was tough on him. I'm tough on some people, but I've really come to like him. I don't know him, but I've come to like him. Because I think a lot of the stuff he says is really good. So uh, check it out. Gutfeld Monologues. Classic rants from the five. I know you're going to like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm still reading through it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Ladies and gentlemen, you watch TV, and you really have to shake your head, don't you? The stuff that's pushed out on cable, network, and satellite TV, it's just incredible. Same stuff day in and day out. It is monotonous. It is uh, 
predictable. It is left-wing for the most part. Why do you do that to yourself? This is exactly why we created CRTV, Conservative Review TV. We started with Levin TV, one show, my show. And after seven months, so many of you had signed up and so many more wanted to sign up. We decided, you know what? We should create a network. And so we created a network and we have 20 different hosts, all different personalities, all unique, all different styles, all different approaches, and yet all conservative. Doesn't mean we agree on every single thing, but it doesn't matter. We do our own shows like Levin TV. Those of you who've watched Levin TV, I want to thank you for your input. I have a special social media show every two or three weeks. We take your input and I respond to it right there on the air. And there are other great shows, too, and you can check them out by calling 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. We don't have to worry about boycotts or anything of the sort. This is the purest form of, uh, of people power, quite frankly, because you buy into the program with your subscription. You decide if you want to stay with us or not. And we will give you a 30-day free trial just for checking us out. It's for a limited time. And if you'll give us a call right now, we're open. The government's closed. That's a good thing, that we're open and they're closed. 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-538-4688. We'll get you set up and ready to watch within five minutes. It's that easy. And you might say, well, I have this kind of device and this kind of device and a PC or I use an Apple Mac or I've got an iPhone and Android and a smart TV. We'll, We'll walk you through it. We'll take care of you. Uh, we're not going to just uh, sign you up and then send you off. This is a, uh, a serious effort at treating you with respect because you're my listeners on the radio. 844-LEVIN-TV. Try it now. Try it now. See if you like it. Now's the time. You've heard me talk about it forever. That's 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-538-4688. All right. So let us go to... All right, hold on one second here. A little trouble with the computer. Let us go to some of the uh, callers here. Let us go to Liam. My call screen's up now. Orlando, Florida, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead. Hello? Liam. Liam, go ahead, uh, please. Yes, sir? Go ahead. Uh, I've been listening to your program for many years, sir, and I, yeah. I, I appreciate the, 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 the information I get from you. Uh, I, lived, I lived many years... I was outside the country uh, in Germany. In fact, I lived there for 26 years. Wow. And, uh, socialism does not work. Mm-hmm. It does not work. It 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 it, it puts too much tax burden on on, on the people. Yeah, and uh, eventually uh, it catches up with you, and it makes a country poorer, and then you have rationing, and then you have uh, shortages, and then you have a disaster on your hands. Yes, sir. And the thing, the thing about it is, is, is that that these democratic liberals here are are, are actually working for a secret, a secret organization called the Illuminati. And I'll tell you how it is right now. Yeah. All right, sir. I appreciate your call. We're going to move quickly. Let's go to Bob, Baltimore, Maryland, the great WCBM. Go. Yes, good evening to you and listeners, Mr. Levin. You were talking earlier in the hour about how the freedom movement and the expression is receding and progressivism is gaining uh, in the public media. One thing I think that's very much 
understated is that as you you try and promote freedom and liberty, along with that is creativity. And that is by that, I don't mean it in the broad sense of capitalism or in the philosophical sense, uh, as Locke might express it, but in the application of each of us, Mark, in our day-to-day lives, that through our work and through our effort, through our individual talents, we create and we produce and we serve others, and that is what adds to the great fabric of our society. Socialism, collectivism, Marxism, uh, progressivism, they in turn suffocate and stifle and and suffocate uh, creativity that comes from freedom. I believe that, that God gives life, and God gives freedom, and, and, and creativity is its highest form of expression. And well, I that's think, a great point. And perhaps in this election year, you and, and Rush and those can emphasize that. Right, for, for, first of all, you said perhaps you and Rush. Would you think we sit down and compare notes and say, I'll tell you what, Rush, let's do this today? No, I don't mean that. No, but I, okay. I think if it's in the public consciousness. And honestly, even though I think you're absolutely correct, I don't think the argument about creativity is going to uh, uh, necessarily cause people to vote the right way. I think it's something that we need to discuss and explain along with a panoply of issues that relate to that. But I don't think creativity in and of itself, suddenly light bulbs are going to go off and people are going to say, you know what, I don't want free stuff. I believe in creativity. Just the point. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, border security and ICE and all the other great law enforcement folks out there. Check out Levin TV. I'll see you tomorrow.